risen. He is risen indeed. I have wonderful memories of <clears throat> many years ago being at a Cherry Tree Pools Easter camp. And uh, Easter Sunday morning the ritual was no one says a word. We wake everyone up before dawn. We go up to a hill and across. And as the sun comes up, we say, He is risen. And you will say, He is risen indeed. Amen. Will you bow and pray with me for just a moment? He is risen is a simple little phrase with massive meaning. It has changed the course of the Western world. It changes the course of everyone who hears and believes. So we pray, Lord, that you would impress it again in a new way upon our hearts this day because you did rise from the dead. Amen. You know, there's no end to the predictions that people make about the future, is there? Mums and dads, they predict to their kids what's going to happen if they keep on doing what they're doing at the moment. Neighbours predict what they think their neighbours are up to, with strange things happening over the fence. Citizens predict what the outcome will be of the policies of the government. There's just no end to the capacity of human beings to imagine the future and then, of course, to pontificate about their predictions of the future. It's sort of a sport and everyone's a bit of a winner because no one really checks up on whether what you said came true or not, do they? Mostly we ignore each other's opinions. Although we do tend to have our favourite uh, favourite prophets and we quote them quite regularly, but of course they're mostly proven to be wrong within a couple of years as well. But one of the glories of this day, this Resurrection Sunday, is that we've got an accurate prophet who has shown to be a true prophet by the fact that his predictions actually occurred. Jesus predicted his resurrection. And then he went on and he did it. How bold a move is that? Well, we might predict that we're going to win a game of chess against our grandchildren or a game of cards or a game of footy. But who would actually predict that he would die and then become alive again? It's either incredible pride or insane stupidity or it's just reality from the Son of God, no brag, just fact. Because Jesus said that he would be put to death and then he would come back to life. He said that a number of times. And the fact that he actually did what he said he was going to do is the most important fulfilled prophecy that there's ever been. Because it proves, it validates his claim to be divine, to be God. And it proves that he is the saviour of the world. And it proves that every part of his message about how you can be saved for eternity, it proves that that is true. So let's look at a few of the times he predicted that. Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, he must suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Matthew 17, 9 says, and this is after the transfiguration. Now, as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision 
to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Go further on in Matthew 17, verse 22. When they came together in Galilee, he said to him, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he'll be raised to life. And of course, the disciples were filled with grief. And in chapter 20 of Matthew, Jesus was going up to Jerusalem and on the way, he took the 12 aside and he said to them, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. They'll hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. I mean, how specific is that? He knows he's going to be flogged. He knows he's going to be crucified. And on the third day, he'll be raised to life. And so these are the predictions. Jesus telling his followers he's going to die and then be resurrected. Now think about this. Had he failed to be resurrected, his followers obviously would have had a reason to conclude, well, he's a false prophet. And if they thought he was just a false prophet, then it would have been impossible for Christianity to become a movement because people don't go to their death to defend a lie. They don't endure dreadful persecution to maintain something that they don't believe is true and especially a really out there message that your leader is going to come back from the mortuary on his own steam. And you know how Jesus proved he was alive? He showed up in person. In the, gospel, in the Gospels and the book of Acts, we've got accounts of Jesus appearing over several weeks in different locations. Sometimes it was indoors, sometimes it was outdoors. He appeared to the Apostle John, who would have been found it easy to believe, and yet he also appeared to Thomas, who was really sceptical and found it difficult to believe. And these appearances are solid Appearances, they're not a mystical or a shadowy glimpse from someone that may have seen Jesus from a distance if the light was right and you sort of squinted. No, Jesus was there talking to people. He was interacting with them. He ate with his disciples. It was Jesus up close and personal. And so what it, these are his appearances. He appeared alive and in person to Mary Magdalene. You'll see that in We've got the references for these afterwards. They appeared to Mary Magdalene and another Mary. He appeared to Cleopas and his friend on the road to Emmaus. Now, they were walking along and they talked for ages right? and sat down and started eating together. It wasn't just a shadowy thing when I was in an ecstatic trance. He appeared to his disciples. He appeared to the apostles without Thomas being there. He appeared to the, to the apostles with Thomas being there. He appealed on another occasion to seven of his apostles. On another occasion, he appeared to 11 of his apostles. And then, and the last time they saw him, his disciples were there and they saw him taken up to heaven. And that's in the Gospels, but not just in the Gospels. We look into the book of Acts. And Peter stands up in Acts 2.32 with his disciples this uh, amazingly productive and effective sermon where thousands became Christians. And he said, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. 
That's people, you know, we're the preachers, the people on stage. We're all witnesses. And in Acts 3, Peter is again preaching to the men of Israel and he says, but you denied the Holy One and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead. And guess what? We saw it. We're witnesses. That's what a witness is. They actually saw it. In Acts chapter 10, Peter confirms to Cornelius, he said, him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen by God, even to us. Who? What did we do with this guy? We ate and we drank with him after he rose from the dead. And Paul preaches in Acts 13, for he was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem who are witnesses to the people. And one more, 1 Corinthians 15, after that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, and then, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and last of all, he was seen by me also. He appeared to Paul as one born out of due time. And so the bottom line is, the number of witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus is not only astounding, but it's very credible. And if you took the evidence, the historical evidence of this, and presented it in a court of law, it would stand up as valid evidence to prove that he did become alive. And although many will try to dismiss our evidence, they ask just legend, just myths. Don't forget the Bible is a collection of historical manuscripts about things that happened in history. It's real history. And yet, even these guys are very clever professors in universities whose field is to study history and historical literature. Even the very clever skeptics all agree with the key facts that are stated in these historical documents, particularly the historical evidence that this person called Jesus was put to death and he rose to life. There are Seven indisputable facts in Scripture that stand out. Number one, all the disciples were afraid, they were confused, they were scared and they ran away after Jesus was crucified. And then they saw him, all the disciples saw the physically resurrected Jesus. And what's more, all the disciples were radically changed and empowered to spread the story about this resurrected person they saw. And then from that, all the disciples lived their lives from then on as though Jesus had been resurrected and his message was true. Except for John, they did this in the face of torture and death. And it's undisputed that they also lived qualitatively more powerful lives after the Holy Spirit blessed them at Pentecost but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. They lived more powerful lives and did that. And, and the fact is that power, and it's the same word we get uh, dynamite from, which means a miraculous power and ability. In the early church and many times over the history of the church, the Holy Spirit has enabled people to perform miracles like the ones Jesus performed. And every believer since then has received some spiritual gifts which have enabled the Church of God to be a worldwide organisation as it is now. 
Then if you go back to those very skeptical professors in universities whose job is to study historical literature, there are four things that even the skeptics agree on. Number one, Jesus entombment by Joseph of Arimathea. There was a tomb. It's, they know where it is. You can go to Jerusalem and today and see it. They agree that there was a discovery that this tomb was empty. They agree that there were post-mortem appearances. And they agree that this is of the origin of the disciples' belief in his resurrection. And so if you've got facts like this, what's the best explanation? What's the best explanation? And most scholars, you know, they don't want to be seen to be Christian or whatever. And so they remain agnostic. They say, oh, we can't really know. But Christians maintain that the best explanation of all these facts is that God raised Jesus from the dead. And so how do they test if something is true? And this is one of the things we're, we're talking about in our times of COVID. How do you know whether you're getting good information? So you have to have tests to test it out and see whether you're getting truth or you're getting half truth. Well, when it comes to history, this hypothesis that God raised Jesus from the dead passes six tests which historians use. Now, six tests. This, and the first one is it has great explanatory scope. In other words, it can explain things. So it explains. It explains why the tomb was empty. It explains why the disciples saw Jesus in a post-mortem experience, after death experience. And it explains very well why the Christian faith came into being. So it has scope. But it also has explanatory power. Because it explains why it is that the body was gone. Why was Jesus' body gone? It explains why people repeatedly saw him alive, despite the fact that he previously had been executed. So another test of the truth of this is that it's plausible. Given what we know about Jesus' life, his coming back to life proves that what he said was true. It makes sense. He is who he said he was. It's not fourth test, it's not ad hoc or contrived. It doesn't need any additional hypothesis. Well, actually, only, there's only one additional hypothesis, and that is the fact that God exists. So, if you already believe that, well, then it makes perfect sense. It's not just, it's not, it's not flimsy. And another point is that it is in accord with the accepted beliefs. I mean, if most people believe it, then that's a good thing too. So the hypothesis that God raised Jesus from the dead doesn't in any way conflict with the accepted belief that people don't rise naturally from the dead. So, right? so the Christian accepts that normally people do This doesn't happen normally. That's normal. People don't normally rise from the dead but God can do it. God makes Jesus rise from the dead. So it's in accord with accepted beliefs both ways. And number six, it's way better than any other theory they've come up with. I mean, down through the history, people have come up with, oh, how can I explain those facts? I know there's a conspiracy going on. Deep conspiracy. That, 
that sort of trend still continues, doesn't it? There's another one that says, uh, oh, he only, apparent, he only appeared to die. He was sort of went into a swoon and then he came back to life. Wow. If you know about the Roman centurions, uh, it was, if you were crucified, if you didn't die the first way, then they went along, they broke your legs, and then if you still were alive, they'd spear you. It was as certain as you're sent to the gas chamber, electric chair, you're going to be dead at the end of the process. If you're going to be crucified, you're going to be dead. It wasn't apparent. It didn't swoon. You couldn't fool these guys who did it many, many times. There's a, a hallucination hypothesis. Maybe they were just all in some sort of hallucination. They're clutching at straws. These things have just been universally rejected. In fact, the evidence is for the resurrection is so powerful that even a, a Jew, Jewish theologian who's not a Christian, uh, who there's a guy called Pinchas Lapid who taught at the Hebrew University in Israel, so he's, he's uh, going to be on a certain theological point. He declared himself convinced from the basis of the evidence that the God of Israel raised Jesus of Nazareth from the dead. Even the Jews will believe it. Dr. William Lane Craig, who was a, a professor of philosophy, says, without the belief, though, in the resurrection, the Christian faith wouldn't, just wouldn't have come into being. Because you had the disciples, they would have remained crushed, they would have remained defeated men. And even had they continued to remember, oh, he was a great leader, we loved him, the fact that he was crucified would have forever silenced any hopes of him being the Messiah. And the cross would have just been very sad and the shameful end of his career. And the very origin of the Christianity, which leads to us being in a building in a small country town, hinges on the belief that these early disciples had, that Jesus was raised from the dead. So how important is it for us to believe at this day? It's essential to be saved. The Apostle Paul says it this way, Romans 10. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That's the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. He says, they go together. You've got to believe that he was raised from the dead. Uh, John MacArthur says men must believe the resurrection in order to be saved because it proves that he accomplished their salvation on the cross. The Apostle Peter says it in 1 Peter, we have a living hope through what? The resurrection of Christ from the dead. Paul, the apostle, believes so firmly in the resurrection that he wrote this, if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. And then to make sure we didn't miss it, he repeats in verse 16 and 17, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, our faith is futile and you're still in the sins. Even though this resurrection of Jesus is, a, is an issue that's just thoroughly documented, it's well-researched, it's discussed, so many still reject the truth of this. For example, there's a guy who's the 
John Dominic Crossan, who founded something called Jesus Seminar. He believes that Jesus was executed for revolutionary activities. And instead of being resurrected, his body was devoured by wild dogs. Islam believes that Jesus was never crucified and therefore he can't have been resurrected. In fact, when you uh, look at Luke 24, 39, where Jesus, after he's resurrected, he tells his disciples, look, behold my hands and my feet, that it's myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit doesn't have flesh and blood, flesh and bones as you have. The Muslims would have said something to the effect of, see, Jesus asked the disciples to touch him so he couldn't have died and been resurrected in a spiritualized body. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead physically, it was just a spirit body. They teach they use different spirit bodies than the ones that was laid in the tomb to appear to his followers. That's what people will do to avoid the reality of the facts. But today we celebrate the fact that the prophecy of Jesus came true. He predicted he, was rise, he would rise again and he did it. And anyone willing to logically consider the historical data just can't deny the resurrection. And so why don't people who hear this message become Christians? I guess you might have thought about that over the years. I certainly have. And I don't really have any definitive answer except that there is a prince of this world who blinds people to the truth. And there is a desire within us to follow out that original temptation that, hey, maybe there's more to life than what God's telling me. And maybe you can have more. Maybe you can live by your own rules and be your own boss. And people don't like to change. They're proud of what they know. They're confident in their own assessments. It takes work to think about the truth of the resurrection. And so I wonder what you do, will do with the resurrection. Will it change your life like it changed those first disciples? Will you be so convinced as they were that they changed the way they lived for the rest of their life to match up to the truth of the resurrection? Will, will you perhaps though need a nudge? That's what Jesus gave to the guys on the Emmaus Road, didn't he? Talked to them, explained everything, and they, they'd been hanging around. They should have known it. And he says to them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all in the scriptures the things concerning himself. Will you need to revisit Jesus' final words to his disciples? After they'd seen him enough, they were obviously fully convinced he'd been resurrected. What did, he, what did it all end up at? Where did it all come to? You see that in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what do you do with this information about the resurrection? You go and you make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What else do you do? You teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So let us... Revel in the resurrection this morning. Revel in the re resurrection of our Lord and fearlessly 
and confidently take on the charge that he leaves us with that we've just read from his mouth to tell people that he rose from the dead and that believing in the resurrected Lord, you can have a resurrected life in heaven with him. He's shown the way. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to take a moment to allow this truth to, uh, to be settled into our hearts. This is amazing. Let us never forget how amazing it is. Let us never forget that the Lord has overcome death. He's shown us it can be done. And if we trust ourselves to him, we say, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. We ask you to be our Lord and our Saviour. Come into our lives. Be our Lord. Then though we may die, we'll probably die in this life, yet we also have been resurrected and we can have confidence, a confident hope of an eternity spent with him if we all just believe in Jesus. Amen. <laughs>